Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud. Try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in everyone and welcome to the second episode of the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and here with me once again is sam chung hello everybody it is great to be here for episode two don't call it a comeback yeah i feel like we're committed like yeah this is this is how you know like it's a thing. We're doing it. True. Episode one was like, get the jitters out, like, mm-hmm. you know, feel our way through it. And now we're professionals. Yes. We've just exploded on the scene like an atom bomb. Boom. No. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are recapping episode 102, Picture Day. Yeah, and can I just say right off the bat, this episode was, like, way better than episode 101. You were into Picture Day. From the perspective of somebody who has never seen the show before, like, this was, like, leaps and bounds better than episode 101. They should have started with this one. Yeah, I love this episode. Yeah, everybody is so much more likable. And just, like, developed. Yeah, they're, like, actual people with, like, you know, I don't know, they're not, like, just caricatures. Yeah, Yeah, they should have started here. I don't know why they did that or why they did not do that. Decisions were made, but we have it now. Sam's interest in Lizzie McGuire is officially on the upswing. Yes. Cool. So Picture Day aired on January 21st, 2001. And the cute little log line here an overview class pictures are going to be taken and lizzie's mother is insisting she wears the red sweater her grandmother knitted for her and red sweater in this description is an understatement yeah it was it was like more like pink right i don't know it was like there was so much going on every year at my office we have an ugly sweater contest and this would easily win that contest around the holidays in fact, I think a sweatshirt similar to this did win about two years ago. Yeah, you got like a red sweater with like just like a giant unicorn patched into the middle. So that's picture day. Obviously, we have a lot to dive into. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in this episode as well, and I'm excited to dive into it. Cool. So starting at the top. We get this opening shot of the school building exterior. We just hear, no, like something really bad has happened. Yeah, it's like kind of like a horror movie exterior. All the shots are kind of like at an angle. Yeah. It's very ominous. And then you cut to Lizzie McGuire on the floor, green paint all over her cute white blouse. 
Yeah, they do the flashback thing. They do the flashback thing. I feel like a lot of times shows wait, you know, like a couple episodes at least to start doing the flashback thing. So bold choice to do a flashback in episode two. Like normally, like when you're first starting out, you establish kind of um, what the structure of your show is and then you start playing around with it. But they're just like, nope, I do a flashback in episode two. But it worked really well. Yeah, I think it worked well. I agree with that. Yes, so as Animated Lizzie wisely tells us, in order to know what happens, because we just see Lizzie on the floor, we're like, how'd she get there? What is going on? Why does she have paint all over her? But you got to go back to the beginning. Uh, You always have to go back to the beginning. And it's a really short cold open. It is a really short, yeah. Compared to the last episode. This this cold open's like 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. tops. Totally, and then we cut right to the theme song. Right to the theme song. We talked a little about a uh, bit about the theme song yesterday. I noticed nothing new about the theme song on the second time around, but I just want to reiterate, um, I don't understand the kickballs. Okay, I don't think you need to say this every time we cut to theme song. Watch me. Okay. <laughs> Does the theme song change for season two? No. This is the same theme song? This is it. This is what we got. Does the movie have the theme song? So the movie doesn't have a theme song per se. It's not this theme song, but there is a lovely opening credit sequence to The Tide is High. And I'm moving on. And I'm holding on. Oh, I'm holding on? I'm going to be your number one. I was close. With it's been a long time since I've heard that song. That's Dan- a really deep cut. Lizzie dancing in her room with a hairbrush. It's quite charming. Got it. We'll with, get there. And a kickball? No kickball. Okay, so they evolved a little bit for the movie. Yeah. Okay. We'll get there. All right, yeah, we'll get there. I have a tendency to spoil things, so I'm zipping my lips. Yeah, please, <laughs> please no more spoilers about the movie. You've already spoiled the relationship between Lizzie and Gordo, which, I mean, I probably could have predicted if you had a gun to my head, but I would have rather... Especially, I feel like you get the first little hint of that you in get, picture day. You get hints of that, but it could also be a friend zone thing at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah, friend zone. So then we, theme song happens, and then our first real scene, we're in Lizzie's bedroom, and this is one of the most relatable scenes to me, maybe in the entire series. This is you, like, every morning. Every morning. Yeah, honestly. Truly. Lizzie is, it's picture day, Lizzie's rifling through her closet, and she, of course, has nothing to wear. Zoom out on her giant closet filled with clothes. And I relate to that deeply because I also never have anything to wear. But you have so many clothes, though. Yeah, but it's a mood thing. And Lizzie gets into that. We get a lot of fun um, early 2000s name drops here. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, endless almost. It's a lot of of name drops. yeah, it's a mood thing, right? Because Lizzie says the denim thing is too Shania, as in Shania Twain. Yeah. I mean, well, it is picture day. So it's picture I, day. It's I, a I big under- deal. I understand it for, like, this specific day. Like, you want to make sure that you look nice and um, that your outfit is looking fly. Right. But she really oscillates between all these different, like, visions. Like, she's thinking, like, a Sarah Michelle Gellar thing at one point. Yeah, and every time she says a celebrity, she 
embodies that celebrity in a short clip. In that look. In that look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really cute. Or Gwyneth at the Oscars. But that's two totally different things, right? Like, that's not even in the same ballpark. Like, an Oscar look or just, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I agree. She should have have planned this out the night before. (laughs) If she knew that she was going to have to deliberate this much, she should have started thinking about this a little bit further out in advance. Right. And then while this is happening, she's on the phone. An, An enormous phone. An enormous landline. And this is what we see way more often because in the first episode, as you'll remember, we got the instant messaging. But what we see a lot more is the phone conversations and these um, three-way phone conversations will start to pop up a lot. True. This isn't really a three-way phone conversation, though. No, this is more of a back and forth. It starts off, she's having a conversation with Gordo. Uh, Gordo asks if he left his hacky sack over there. So... You know, back to the kickballs, I guess. Uh, and then there's a separate phone call with Miranda. Yeah, it's it's a cut back and forth. But we see a lot of talking on the phone, which is kind of a novelty. Because who does that anymore? Nobody. We're all just robots. True. And then while Lizzie's on the phone, Matt also wants the phone. And this is a legitimate thing that, like, siblings would have to fight over the phone because there was one. Yeah, there's only one landline. Each have your own. Yeah. And it's, like, it's one of the things where I remember this. Like, if you're on the phone, somebody can just, like, pick up the phone and then then eavesdrop on your conversation. Mm -hmm. Drama. Drama. And Matt wants the phone. Yeah, Matt wants the phone because he has a very important phone call to make. Right, because he's, as 10-year-olds do. Yeah, so uh, to to get Lizzie off the phone, just classic tattling. Classic tattling. They're still talking about their outfits. They mention potentially a Britney Spears look. That would be so, oops, I did it again. Matt overhears this, yells to her parents that Lizzie wants to look like Britney Spears. And that actually, like, causes a reaction, which is hilarious. Yeah, parents come running in. And this is one of the more, this is where we get one of the more cringy lines of the episode, I think. Yeah. Where Lizzie's dad goes, uh, Brittany's the one who got all developed, right? Oof. Ugh. What a cringe. Ugh. What a cringy line. Did not love that. Yeah. But obviously, the parents are not too thrilled about this look. Which, again, these, these parents are being pretty judgy. Yeah. I think we saw it last episode with the cheerleaders, and we're seeing it again with, like, Britney Spears. Like, I don't know. They just, they're not. It's like they have very specific ideas of what a, like, good girl is. Yeah, and they really want Lizzie to fit into that box. Fit that mold. Yeah. So that's a thing that's not great, but moving on. Lizzie tells her parents, like, Matt's being dramatic. I just need an outfit for picture day. And this is where we get the introduction of the Gammy Maguire sweater. And Gammy Maguire, who seems like a badass. (laughs) Yeah, she's really cool. Do we ever, like, actually meet her? No. (laughs) Unfortunately. She only only shows up in this one tiny montage? No, you get other fun Gammy Maguire, like when they flash the, like, images of her. You get more of that. But she's never, like, physically present. This is also something that, like, I know my mom calls her grandparents, like, grandma and then 
whatever that person's last name is. I'm not sure if this is a common thing, but like to specify like Gammy McGuire. Yeah, like who? <laughs> I never thought about that, but like who else could they be referring to? Like it's I, I that's one of those things that I think is more for the for the audience, but at the same time we would get it. If, if you said, just said grandma. If you said grandma. Yeah. So But it's Gammy McGuire. It's it's Sam's mother. Obviously, yeah. So unless both of their last <laughs> unless both of the parents were McGuire's and they had to they didn't have to do a last name change. Stranger things have happened. Stranger I Eleanor Roosevelt's <laughs> <laughs> Oof. So we're supposed to believe that Gammy McGuire, who's like the coolest 60-year-old woman probably ever, wore this unicorn sweatshirt. Can we elaborate on why Gammy McGuire is so cool? Totally. Uh, Gammy McGuire, A, is ripped. Um, Lizzie McGuire says that she would need to do 5 million sit-ups to look like Gammy McGuire. Gammy McGuire also does, uh, I believe, windsurfing. She's a windsurfing teacher. <laughs> and... We see some action shots of Gammy McGuire <laughs> mid windsurf. We also learn that Gammy McGuire's mother is also still alive. So there's good genes good. in the good genes, good genes and good health in the McGuire side of the family. So, given all of that information and given how much we know about Gammy McGuire's just like radical coolness. We're supposed to believe that she was the original owner of this disgusting unicorn sweatshirt. We are. We just have to believe it. I know. You don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe it. And it's not a plot hole. It's just a little bit. There's like a character uh, like. And you know what? Maybe before she got into windsurfing, she was really into unicorns. I guess who are we to know? But. Yeah, but her parents lay on the guilt thick they do they're like grandma is about to die and she just gave you this sweatshirt and you're not even gonna wear it and then lizzie's like grandma's not about to die she's like 61 (laughs) and she's not that old so but who knows when you have a dangerous profession like windsurfing teacher i guess a, a calamity could happen at any moment that's fair so that's fair totally the guilt works. Lizzie wears the sweater. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Lizzie says the sweater makes her look like a cookie elf. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is like a Keebler elf, but maybe they can't use brand names. That's probably what they meant. <laughs> a cookie elf. That's really funny. It's like, what is a cookie elf? Oh, a Keebler elf. Keebler elf. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. So then Matt gets the phone. Matt gets the phone. And this is where we get just like another fantastic Matt McGuire moment. Yeah. Should we play the clip? So great. I think we do need to play the clip. All right. What do you mean you didn't do the math homework? I was going to. I'm supposed to get it from you. I don't care if Angels in the Outfield was on last night. I'm going to get in trouble without that homework. Sorry, Matt. Thanks a lot, you muggle. What? There's going to be a pop quiz, too? I'm toast. There's no way I can go to school today. See ya. 
thanks a lot, you muggle. Yeah, there's a lot to break down in that <laughs> clip. I just, I can't believe that as many times as I've seen this show throughout throughout the years of my life, that that, that moment just hit me for the first time. Oh, when, when he says, thanks a lot, muggle? Yeah. That reminded me like so much of something that my brother would say because that's like exactly the same tone and just randomness of an insult that my brother would say. Like you could just be doing something and he'd be like, thanks a lot, you turtle. And it's just like so, <laughs> and it's just so random. It's like not really an insult, but like the way he's saying it is like, why are you calling me a turtle? Yeah, and it works. It's effective. Yeah, but this, I don't know. I love Harry Potter. Like, I'm a big Harry Potter fan, and just him, like, yelling into the phone, thanks a lot, you <laughs> muggle. really good. Uh, just, like, cuts to the core. really does. It really does. I love it. Love it. Don't and- love the whole, like, trying to copy someone's homework and, like. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. That's not, like, we do, obviously, we do not condone stealing the answers to somebody's homework at the same time in 2001 i can attest to this angels in the outfield was on tv all the time (laughs) i watched that movie so much i've never seen angels in the outfield i believe it's a young joseph gordon levitt and then at the end of the movie everybody in the baseball stadium has to pretend to flap their wings so that the angel will come down and then give like tinkerbell kind of (laughs) it is a disney movie yeah. Interesting. Um, and then the angel comes down and just gives the pitcher, like, almost uh, superhuman, like, ability, and then they win. And that's Angels in the Outfield with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, He's, like, 10. Now I understand why that kid wasn't doing his math homework. It's a, riv- <laughs> it's a riveting movie, yeah. Yeah. So this this whole conversation sets up the B story in this episode, which is... Matt can't go to school today. He's going to pretend to be sick. But before that, we cut to Lizzie approaching the bus stop. I really love that they show kids on the bus in this show. I feel like that's not something we get a lot. And it's really like true to my middle school experience. Yeah, I know. You had shows like Big Little Lies and they just get driven to school every day. Yeah, every... Every show, they just get driven to school. I know. The rest of us plebeians have to take the bus. We have to take the bus. (laughs) And I love that there's the bus, and the bus is a part of Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, and they do a really good job of portraying the bus as just like this hell, which it is. Which it is. The bus is the worst. The bus was terrible. And you know the worst part about the bus is that one of the seats has the wheel, and then you have to end up like sitting like with your knees against your chest because the wheel is there <laughs> i actually liked that seat because you i would like <laughs> that seat you weirdo so no I, <laughs> I no liked, one liked that no, seat i liked it because i i'm a petite person and as a middle schooler i was smaller than your average middle schooler and i like to just kind of like curl up and like have my legs against the back of the seat um my knees up and be reading a book and that is why people made fun of me on the bus. Yeah, no, people made fun of you because you liked sitting in that seat. And sitting in that seat forces you into, like, constipation pose where your knees That's are, like... That's dramatic. <laughs> okay, maybe for you because you're tall, but... 
No, that seat is no. objectively terrible. It's the worst seat on the bus. I didn't hate it. So anyway, so she is approaching the bus yep. stop and wearing the sweater. And the reaction is just like. <gasps> yeah, Miranda says, that's not oops, I did it again. That's just oops. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Sick burn. It is just oops. Except I don't even know that it was supposed to be a burn. I think it was <laughs> like it comes across as a burn when I say it. But I think it was just like she was just stating a fact. Yeah. And like concerned. She wasn't like it wasn't like mocking. It was like true. It has all the material of a sick burn, but none of the follow through. None of the follow through. And then on the bus, Lizzie's like, it's OK. It's just a picture. And Miranda's like, oh, no, girl, it is not just a picture. Yeah, it's way more than a it's picture. It's way more than a picture because we're in middle school now. And it's going to last with her forever. These pictures go in the yearbook. The yearbook. And they'll obviously be seen by everyone forever. All of posterity. Do you know where your seventh grade yearbook is? We didn't really have a yearbook. I went to a charter school, um, and we were pretty poor. <laughs> So the year, so yearbooks as a concept weren't really in the budget. And then in eighth grade, we had to like make our own yearbooks, which was something, and it was something that we were supposed to like take with us for the rest of our lives. Actually, now that we're talking about this, I think in that yearbook, I wrote a letter to myself to open when I turned 25 and we're fast approaching that day. So very excited to read what I wrote to myself. Do you know where that is? Oh yeah, it's in um, it's in the closet. Oh, I have it with me, but I'm not 25 yet, so we can't open Ooh. it. Yet. I can't wait. <laughs> me either. I have no idea what I wrote to myself. <laughs> oh, I love that. Also, do you want to talk about the um, the kid with the milk on the bus? Oh, okay. Yeah, we could talk more about on the bus. I yeah, that's just the last thing, the last note that I have. Uh, about the bus. <laughs> I saw you taking, I saw you typing very aggressively when that happened. Well, this is just something that is so strange, objectively. <laughs> like, there's this kid on the bus, and uh, he has, like, a carton of milk. <laughs> like, who carries around a carton of milk um, before school? And then he purposefully drinks it and then looks at Lizzie's sweater and then, like, projectile, like, coughs up all of the milk. <laughs> so gross. Yeah. It's disgusting. Not great. It comes out, like, through his nose. Yeah. It's not good. And that... It's not good. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and that is kind of the embodiment of the middle school bus. Yeah. And Lizzie tries to escape, and the bus turns into a prison. Yes. Yeah. You're talking about animated lizzie just yeah so many things happening so many things going on cool so then after the bus we cut back to lizzie's house where matt is fully committed to faking an illness but his parents aren't buying it for one second from the get-go true and we get dad on the phone so we know dad works somewhere Yes, just, this is an important development. We just don't know where. We just don't know where. Or what he, he has does. a reason for wearing those ties. He has a reason, and he goes some... Maybe it's not a job. We don't really know what he's doing outside of the house, but he's somewhere, 
doing something. <laughs> Presumably working. We can't we <laughs> we can't say for sure. Well, in any case, Nat is doing the classic flashlight trick. And by classic, I mean I've never done that. Did you ever do that? This is the first time I've heard of this trick. So I mean, granted, I was not the type of kid that would kind of fake an illness like this. Neither was I. We were nerds. But um, did you like going to school? Uh, it depends what grade. Like we're when you about. were Matt's age, like fourth grade. Fourth grade, um, I was like lukewarm on school. Uh, I think in fourth grade, but there were some things that I did like. Uh, I liked doing flashcards because I was the best at flashcards, <laughs> and I could make it all the way around the room. Um, sometimes after school, we would build with Lego robotics. And I liked that, and we would teach these like, uh, like robot Legos to move. <laughs> and um, yeah, besides that, fourth grade was not overall a great year for me. We had to do an egg drop, but I cracked the egg putting it into the carton, and so <laughs> by the time they actually dropped it, it was already broken, and I failed that. I liked fourth grade. Of course, you did. I liked school. Um, but I think also the type of thermometer that, like, we had growing up, it wouldn't, like, this would only work with, like, a mercury thermometer, I think, like, something that, like, moves as you heat it up, kind of like that. We had yeah. one of those, like, electric thermometers, and I don't know that necessarily this trick would work with that. Yeah, I absolutely don't think that this trick would work Yeah, with that. But it works for Matt. He gets it up to 102. 102, which is very sick. <laughs> very sick yes but mom sees him doing it mom is you know i love joe in this b story because i feel like that's totally how i would play it too like the oh you're heating up let's take care of you but really is like making sure that he has the most miserable sick day ever so that he doesn't try to fake sickness again yeah Yeah, it's a it's an interesting cat and mouse game yeah. That Matt and Joe are playing Between here. Between mother and son. Yeah. So the first thing she says is that he needs some soup. And Matt's like, oh, a chicken noodle? She's like, no, borscht. Borscht. <laughs> borscht. Some good old cold beet soup for Matt. Sounds gross. I've never had borscht, but it looked and sounds gross. Have you had borscht? No. I like beets, but I don't know if I would like them all liquefied. And cold. <laughs> I'm just, uh, in general, I'm not a soup person. Like, the That's idea true. of, like, solids suspended in liquids makes me want to vomit. And then, like, <laughs> the idea of, like, a cold solid suspended in a cold liquid is even worse. That's so disgusting. So, yeah, borscht is not in my wheelhouse. Nightmare. <laughs> it is a nightmare. Borscht is the stuff of nightmares, honestly. <laughs> it really is. So, while Matt is dealing with the borscht nightmare that he brought onto himself... We're back at school, and we see all of the students awaiting to get their pictures taken. There's a really big buildup. Huge buildup. Huge buildup. And this is the first time we meet Ethan Kraft. Yeah, so he's, like, the the second, like, dude now that we've kind of met who's also in the class, but he's kind of, like, uh, not really in the friend group. He's kind of just there. Oh, Ethan becomes very important. Does he really? He's Ethan Craft. He's a first name, last name kid? He's like how you were Sam Chung. I guess so. 
in the first episode we had Danny, right? Danny Kessler. Yes. But he's not in this episode. This episode we have Ethan. Correct. Danny Kessler is still mentioned in this episode. There's a little there's a little nod to Danny. Okay. But yes, we meet Ethan. Um the interesting thing about this character, fun fact that things you just kind of get in your head after 15 plus years of fandom is that he was initially cast to be this sort of bully character that we see in picture day. Yeah. I mean, he definitely came across as like a little bit of a bully, but he also came off as like a little bit of a goofball too, I think. Yeah. And after this episode, so Danny Kessler is gone forever. Forever. We don't know. Danny Kessler is only in one episode. Yeah. And then he's gone forever. Yeah, it might have been a shooting conflict. It might have been, it could have been anything. Well, but that does happen. Like, well, actually, no, because it wasn't, I was going to say, like, a lot of times people will shoot in a pilot and then the pilot actually gets picked up and they can't do it anymore. But the episode that we watched wasn't the pilot, technically, right? Right. So this is, so that doesn't really So it's hold a mystery. Up. Yeah, that is a mystery. But Ethan is who we have now, and from this point on, he really leans in to the lovable goofball character, and honestly transforms into a into a heartthrob. Everyone everyone loves Ethan Craft. He does have kind of a similar look to Danny, though. Yeah, the the white boy with floppy hair. Yeah, yeah. So there's Ethan, and in this first conversation we see him having with Gordo he is telling Gordo that he cannot smile in his school picture that all the guys are gonna pretend to smile and then at the last second drop their faces to sort of like this like bad boy pout yeah I wrote down boy band face that's good that is what it is yeah it was like boy band face yeah yeah like 98 degrees yeah, and it's because they want to show the faculty, quote, we mean business. I don't really, that sounds like a <laughs> very weird veiled threat. Like, we mean business about what? And then doesn't Gordo question that? I think, yeah, Gordo does question about that. And then Gordo says something that's like way too intellectual for Ethan. He says that he has a plan to say that he lived with Bushmen, and that if he has his picture taken, he'll be doomed to eternal wandering. And uh, <laughs> Ethan just thinks it's just like that's, lost, lost. Yeah, Ethan is so not on board with that. <laughs> like that comment just went like way over his head. Correct, but and also Ethan is like almost a foot taller than Gordo. Yeah, quite literally. Like looking next to them, or looking at them next to each other, they just don't even look like they could possibly be the same age. And yet, in this world, they are. I don't know. Is Ethan just so tall or is Gordo just so short? I think it's both, honestly, because, like, Adam Lambert is a short man. Yeah. And, like, as the series progresses and puberty hits, the girls get taller. Mm -hmm. Gordo does not. All right. So that's kind of like our C story that we have going on. And this is another reason why I like this episode more than the first episode is that there's so many, like, peripheral kind of other stories going on it's not just kind of like you go back and forth between these two jarringly different stories it's like 
there's all these smaller stories coming on and then they converge at the end of the episode. Yeah, so Gordo better not go against Ethan. That's where we're at with that. And then Gordo goes over to Lizzie's locker and this is the first time that Gordo sees the unicorn sweater and he's just like, whoa. And it's a long story. Lizzie tells him the whole story. We don't hear the whole story again. We get this like awesome like VCR style like fast forward. So Gordo gets the scoop, knows what's up. Well, all, all Gordo really gets out of it is that Gammy McGuire teaches windsurfing. Which is like really the only thing that you got out of it also. <laughs> the rest of the story kind of goes over his head. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say that Lizzie McGuire was probably like three years ahead on this sweatshirt because I believe not not far into the 2000s, we're going to get Charlie the Unicorn on YouTube. <laughs> and then it would have been the best sweater ever. And then it would have been the best sweater ever. Oh, that's true. She's I just forgot like, about Charlie. She's just a couple years too soon. Too soon. Charlie! Oh, my God. Candy Mountain, Charlie! <laughs> no! I'm so sorry. <laughs> my first I'm so sorry of the episode. <laughs> That was a um, classic YouTube. It was a classic YouTube. But yeah, so Lizzie tells a story. We learned that Lizzie has a history of bad school pictures and that this is just bound to be a repeat. And then there's another great Gordo line. He says, how you look in a picture doesn't mean you're a good person. I'm paraphrasing here, but he says something like, uh, let's take John Wilkes Booth as an example. He looks great in photographs, but terrible person. So good. Yeah. So intellectual. You can't argue with him. Can't argue with him. Did I understand that as a six-year-old? No. You didn't have a uh, <laughs> an extensive library of U.S. assassins? I did not at that point in my life. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, I mean, it's true. And what, what Gordo is saying is a really good lesson, I think, because his whole point of view is that like what you should care about is just being a good person it's not really about what you look like and you know when you look at school picture day especially it's like it's not that important in the grand scheme of things yeah gordo is this like voice of too much wisdom he's an old soul old soul in a short young body (laughs) and we love him yeah um and then we are introduced to I guess you could say the D story. Yeah, there's a little bit of a D story. This is why I like this episode more. There's so much happening, but it all ties together. And Kate is back. And Kate and Miranda are wearing the same outfit for picture day. Oh, the calamity. The calamity. Can we pull up the outfit? Sure. You don't want to save it till... I I guess we can talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. I think since this is a... This is a key part of the episode. A key part of the episode, and it's also, since this is a episode called Picture Day and is inherently about clothes, I think it's okay that we talk about, we have our clothing moments throughout. Okay. So, we get this nice little um, orange tank top, thick strap tank top, staple of the show, and we get this zebra print skirt. Quite a look on the screen. It does a funny 
like it says same blouse with arrows and same skirt. Yeah, like we <laughs> couldn't like tell. We can't tell. Yeah. Which is really cute. Um, and Miranda has been working really hard, saving up her money all summer so that she could purchase this outfit to wear for picture day. Yeah. And uh, Kate's not happy. Miranda's not really happy either, but Kate is really not happy. <laughs> yeah. Miranda had probably my second favorite line of the episode because obviously my first favorite line was when Matt called the kid on the phone a muggle. <laughs> but then <laughs> Miranda, um, Kate comes over to her and she's like, you're not wearing that. And then Miranda's like, I'm not. <laughs> it feels like I am. And that line was hilarious. <laughs> Such a sick burn. Such a sick burn. See, and then this is the line where, like, it's not what she's saying, but it's the delivery. It's kind of like the flip of the oops, I did it again line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like I am. And she is. Oh, you're also leaving out that Miranda calls Kate a big snot face snot head. Yeah, not one of her better lines. Not the, one of her better lines, especially following the best line. Yeah, it it goes downhill. Like goes downhill. She, it she, feels she, like I am is just such a, a zinger. Leave and it at then that. snot face, snot. It's like, come on now. Like that's just not up. That's not the same bar. You haven't cleared it. It's true, but this becomes an important storyline: the drama of wearing the same outfit. As your nemesis. But then we're back home. Matt is still full in on this on this six game. He eats all the gross soup. And he's like, I ate the gross soup. Now I can watch TV. And mom is like, no, no, no. You're burning up. You cannot watch TV. I need to wrap you up in these like giant wool blankets so that you can sweat out your fever. And at this point, I'm like, is this still a good plan or is this like borderline child abuse? Yeah, I actually had a child abuse note, but it was, I think, at the next thing that Joe does to Matt. But I agree. It's um, so Matt, he's come this far. Like, there's no turning back now for Matt. Like, he is in this lie and he's going to ride it out however it plays out. And I think Joe is starting to get frustrated. She's like, why isn't this, why is this kid continuing to, to do this? And so she comes up with this idea that they're going to sweat it out, except when they sweat it out, there will be no sweat because Matt's not really sick. So Matt decides to go into the refrigerator and eat an entire jalapeno in one bite. It's a bold choice. It's more than a bold choice. It's a bad decision, as he quickly learns. Quickly. Instant regret. I have never seen such a... I wrote, immediately regrets it. Me too. (laughs) That's in my notes as well. Yeah. And I, when I, I'm, I'm not really good at spicy foods, so when I see someone eating something spicy and they can't handle it, I get, like, secondhand, um, just, like, a shudder. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no. Like, just imagining. You can really, like, put yourself there. Yeah, I think I started crying watching him oh. eat, an, eat, eat that jalapeno. And then we're back at school. And we find out that Lizzie is, like, asking people for their clothes. 
so that she can have an outfit that's not the Gammy Maguire sweater because she does really care what her picture looks like despite Gordo telling her that she shouldn't have to. Yeah, and like while she and Gordo are having a conversation about this, they're in line. There's a sequence of like people in the room getting their pictures taken. And it sounds like they're having their fingers cut <laughs> off or something. Like, Every time the flash goes off, someone screams. There's a, yeah. And it's like happening in the gym. So it's like you see like they're all on the outside the gym behind the doors like waiting to like single file line style. And you just see the flash through the doors and this like horrific scream yeah like kids are walking out of the room and they look like dazed and confused <laughs> it, it's like a straight-up horror movie this I'd be picture like, day not really wanting to be in that line i would be running away yeah and so lizzie does run away but, but like to go find clothes to go find uh yeah someone to swap outfits with and gordo goes into the room and he meets the photography lady yes and the photography lady is not having it. She tries really hard. I wouldn't say she tries really hard. She's like, you're going to smile. And then. It's very demanding. She demands but that he like, smiles. Yeah. She doesn't care about the like, keep the line moving thing. She's like, you will smile and we will sit here until you smile. I mean, she's probably having a really long day as well. She's, She's making... like, every kid that sits down is screaming <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, because you meet her, and she's just this, like, normal lady. Yeah, there's so... nothing super terrifying about her. It's just all of these kids just scream yeah. for and no then, reason. And then Ethan somehow gets into the, the room as well, and he's, like, you know, nagging Gordo and being, like, mm, tough guy face. Like, yeah, don't you, do it. Yeah, you better not smile. Better not smile. You got to show the faculty what's up. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. And then ultimately Gordo submits to the peer pressure and she, he does not smile. And I think that that's a really like powerful moment for his character. And like it almost like humanizes him in a way because Gordo up until this point is such this like above it all, like know it all kind of character with his intele intellectual isms and just I don't care what anybody else thinks, but like. He's still a kid, and he still does care at some level. Yeah. And I don't think it, his picture doesn't end up turning out that bad. It's like, like the best picture. I feel like if he had smiled, his picture would have looked strange. Why? That's just my personal <laughs> opinion. Like, his not smiling face looked like a very natural thing for it him. It was a nice, yeah, it was but a I nice But I feel like when face. he does smile, it looks kind of forced. So I think in the long run, this was the better move for him. It's fair. But... He did do it because Ethan Kraft told him to. That's, uh, yeah, he did. Objectively. True. True. So Gordo's photo, done. He got it right out of the way. Good choice. And Lizzie, um, this, it cuts from the pictures to the cafeteria where Lizzie is, we, we now get to see Lizzie try to steal someone's clothes. And it's really awkward. Yeah, this is a bad idea. I don't know what part of her thought that this would work out. She goes up to this girl named Parker McKenzie and compliments her shoes and is like, cool shoes. Yeah, but Parker sees right through this because Parker, Parker knows apparently what's up. has a vendetta against Lizzie because one time Lizzie sat on Parker's Titanic lunchbox. 
I mean, that's fair. And she has heard, you know, from another girl or two. She's got a source. That Lily's been trying to steal people's clothes. And it, that everyone thinks that's really creepy. It is. Which, like, it is. It is really creepy. It's a really creepy. Like, can you imagine going up to somebody and being <laughs> like. Cool shirt. Can I wear it? Hey, give me your shirt. <laughs> hey, and your pants. Give me your pants. Give me the pants. trying her best and the, and the shoes and socks too give me the shoes and the socks give it to me i'm gonna wear it like that's creepy yeah and then the lizzie animation yells your shoes suck at parker's shoes didn't even like the shoes to begin with so after we see lizzie probably at her lowest point in the episode we cut back to home to Matt and Joe, and things just keep getting weirder. Now that Matt has perspired, (laughs) Joe is like, okay, now it's time to help me wind some yarn, which is like the weirdest thing. Yeah, I wrote down, is this a punishment, question mark, or is this just something that Joe needs to get done? It's probably a little bit of both. Um, But yeah, Matt just has to stand there with his, like, arms outstretched while his mother just wraps a lot of yarn she does this for like hours she does this for hours we get it this. almost seems like days have gone by like <laughs> this is objectively like one an episode that takes place over the course of one day but within that day another day occurs <laughs> with the winding yarn that consists of just um Joe winding yarn around Matt's arms while Matt like slowly convulses and passes out. It's very strange. (laughs) It's really weird. And like the weird sort of like, um, it's almost like a psychedelic um, effect happening where we see a lot of clocks pop up on the screen and like a hourglass. And a lot of choices were made. And then after, you know, yarn gate, Matt, goes into the kitchen and decides, you know, putting a jalapeno in my mouth was such a good idea that I am now going to take some ice cubes and put them down my pants. That is the next logical step. That is the next logical (laughs) step. I mean, Joe says that as soon as he cools down, he can watch TV. So what's the quickest way to cool down? Ice down the pants. It's true. Also, I would say that there... This is probably Matt's lowest point. <laughs> In this episode, yeah. Actually, mm, he gets a little lower. Uh, I don't know. Is there any point lower than putting ice down your own pants? This seems like a punishment that would get bestowed upon you um, by it's a true. bully or something. But you have voluntarily put ice in your pants. It's true. It's that's true. a that's a pretty low point, yes. I think. So after, after that... We're back at school, and now Lizzie is literally banging her head against a locker repeatedly. Like, girl. Maybe this is why she sees a little cartoon with four fingers and four toes (laughs) all the time. And Gordo's like, hey, I want to show you something. And Lizzie's like, ugh, and just keeps, like, banging her head against the locker. And Gordo's like, no, like, you're going to want to see this. And he brings Lizzie to her locker, and inside the locker is clothes. Yeah, Gordo, it turns out, has a contact at the drama department because, and I was a little unclear about this, but it seemed like he once danced with a giant 
And because he danced with a giant, he was owed a favor. And so now he was able to get these clothes from the drama department. He did not just dance. He clogged. Yeah. And the, the girl he was clogging with is just like so much bigger than he is. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's literally like six years old <laughs> next to like, I don't know, just like an adult. It's so weird. So now Lizzie has clothes. She has options. It was a really good friend moment, and it was kind of prompted by Gordo's revelation. Yeah, Gordo says that as long as Lizzie is a good person, it's okay that she wants to look pretty. Well, Lizzie said that about herself, and then Gordo confirmed it. It would be a little... It would, I'm just clarifying that because it would be a little weird if those words actually came out of Gordo's mouth. That's true. It's not really Gordo's place to to tell that to her. Yeah. But it's okay for him to confirm it as a friend. Correct. And then they just like smile sweetly at each other and it's adorable. Are you like swooning over there? What's happening over <laughs> it's there? It's just cute. <laughs> I love them. And I love this moment. And Lizzie has her outfit and she picks this really basic white um, like tank top blouse with a collar. Mm-hmm. It's cute, very vintage, as she said, but it's a very basic shirt. Yeah, it works. It works. And then we're back to Matt, who has, at this point, fully made himself sick, pretending to be sick. Yeah, as Matt says, being sick is complicated, as he now has a full-on 103-degree fever. Being sick is complicated and that's why I kind of took back my this was Matt's lowest point in the last segment he was in because now he's sick yeah the note that this I, is the low point the note that I wrote here was has mom's casual child abuse given Matt a real illness question mark I think it does and she immediately goes into full mom horrified oh no I have to take care of my baby mode. True, but part of the cynic in me also has another note that says, but is he still faking? Ooh. And then we never know. We never know. This is the end of the B story. It is the end of the B story. So it could go either way. Um, I lean, I tend to lean toward that he is sick and that all of mom's antics made him sick. Yeah, I feel like that's the way that the story definitely wants us, or the the episode definitely wants us to kind of lean towards. Which is just, like, not a great, not a great look for Joe McGuire. No, absolutely not. But, yeah, so now Matt is truly sick and being now officially taken care of. He is getting his chicken noodle soup. And then, finally, we're back at school, but we're in art class. And now at this point, it has still only been Gordo who has taken his photo. I don't really know the structure of, like, why they get to take their photos when. Yeah, it's just anarchy up in there. It just is. It's like whenever you feel like it. Like, you don't have your outfit yet. Okay, you can wait. That's why everybody's screaming. I don't know. School picture day was very structured back in my day. Same. You went at a specific time with a specific class period. Yeah, and if you missed it, you missed it. And if you missed it, you missed it. That was it. That was it. Well, there was actually, there would usually be one makeup day. But if you missed makeup day. Then you missed it. You're not in the yearbook. You you don't exist. Yes. So we're in art class. And now the scene is set for 
the big climatic moment, the moment that we see at the very beginning of the episode, we are in the art room. But now we get to see what, in fact, goes down. And here it is. So Kate starts whispering in this random kid's ear. We later learned that his name is Ed. Um, but at first I'm like, who's that guy? Why is Kate talking to him? Um, you get some really ominous music and Lizzie picking up on this side conversation that's happening while everyone else, they're just set up at like easels and just painting whatever their heart desires. Yeah. Miranda is painting in sync. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that deeply. And Lizzie's. What's happening in her head, she's deducing a lot of things really quickly. She just is instantly suspicious, very quickly puts the pieces together. She sees Ed go to the paint cabinet, grab a can of paint. She knows the major tension between the outfit drama, and she thinks, oh, my God, Ed is coming for Miranda. Kate's setting Miranda up. And then Ed approaches Miranda just stands there and starts screaming, like, girl, run. <laughs> get out of there. Get out. Yeah. Um, and that is when we get the, no. And Lizzie heroically launches herself full jump in front of Miranda. And at just at the perfect moment where the paint has been unleashed, it is green and it is now all over Lizzie. This Lizzie's is a, laying on the floor. Yeah, this is a classic scene that we've seen in many film and television uh, pieces where the hero jumps in front, takes the bullet, and uh, saves the day. And Lizzie absolutely comes through here. You're right. She does kind of notice that something is afoot very quickly. She's like, wait, Kate is talking to Ed? Why would Kate be talking to Ed? That doesn't make any sense. It's like when Severus Snape sees Harry, Ron, and Hermione together and is like, you three are up to something. <laughs> you just are. You just are. I know you are. So, yeah, good recognition from Lizzie. And then uh, well done taking the bullet. Um, but bad news for the drama department, who ultimately are going to lose a shirt out of this. <laughs> yeah, that, that shirt is gone. Yeah, I hope that... It, you know, Gordo doesn't ultimately have to pay the price here because he is the one who took the <laughs> trauma shirt and then gave it to someone who promptly got paint all over it. That's true. And then that that is the last major scene of the episode. We get a cute little conclusion, a cute VO, where um, we actually get to see each character get their photo taken and what the end result looks like and it's really cute kate sneezes in her photo ethan ironically smiles in his and it's a really goofy smile yeah i think that's why kind of the goofball thing comes out for ethan yeah because he's really cheesing he's cheesing so hard cheesing so hard yeah uh miranda looks perfect gordo's is all you know moody and brooding lizzie says like a like freddie prince jr I know. She should have gone with her Sarah Michelle Geller look. Oh, deep cut. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then Lizzie's picture is her just, like, adorably, like, her the paint is all over her, and she's cheesing and holding up the Gammy McGuire sweater in 
the picture. And when her parents see the picture, they're like, can we technically be mad at you? Yeah, the they're sweater, not. The sweaters, they think it's, I think they're amused. They're not mad at it. They're not mad at it. Yeah, and the dad makes like a dad joke about how they don't need to get the wallets now. And that's yeah. it. And that's it. That's episode 102, Picture Day. Wow. Um, since this entire episode was about clothes, I think that... There's one item of clothing that I do want to go back to. Okay. And it is, at the very beginning of the episode, Lizzie has on a bathrobe with fruit all over it. And I'm just wondering, what do we think about her bathrobe? It's, it's fine. It's cute. There's a giant piece of watermelon on it. Yeah, there's like, uh, I believe, an apple. An apple. A watermelon. It's just a lot of fruit. And like really large. It's not like a cute print. It's more like patches of yeah, fruit. Absolutely. But yeah, other than that, we've pretty much covered all of the um, the outfits because that was a pretty central focus of the episode it being pictured and everything. Yeah. So I think we can just like jump straight into MVPs. All right. I went first last time, and I'm still kind of making up a, my decision in my head, so will you go first? Yeah, and I'm so happy to say that Lizzie McGuire of Lizzie McGuire is getting her first MVP. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I mean, she feels like the obvious choice in this one um, because of that, you know, huge save for Miranda. Like, she was just a great friend. Like, she knew Miranda worked so hard to have that outfit that ruining it would make her so upset. And I think she took what Gordo, what she and Gordo had talked about that day to heart and thought, it doesn't matter what I look like as long as I'm a good person. And you know what a good person does? Saves their friend. Yeah, for sure. And I loved it. Have you made up your mind? All right, so I'm going to talk through it a little bit. Um, torn between, I believe, three people who oh, can get man. MVP at this time. But I'm going to give uh, an honorable honorable mention to... Since Matt. when can we do honorable mentions? Well, there's no honor- it's not going to get officially counted, but just for the, the sake of me talking it out. Okay. Um, this is not my MVP. I had to consider Matt McGuire because he did have my favorite line of the episode, <laughs> which was um, calling the person on the phone a muggle. I, I liked that, but I don't think he did enough in this episode to earn MVP. So then uh, I was torn between two people. In second, uh, it's, uh, my, my second honorable mention is going to be Gordo because... Gordos had like a lot of like you know positive messages, but I agree. Lizzie McGuire is really the MVP of this Whoa! episode. Um, yeah, I can't disagree with you. You know, Lizzie McGuire is the hero of this episode. She is able to identify a crisis as it is happening in real time, real like FBI spy level stuff right there, and then she not only identifies it. But she sacrifices herself for the good of her friend Miranda to thwart their arch nemesis, Kate. I really liked that. And then she owned it at the end by wearing the paint-splattered blouse in the photo, but still holding up the picture of the unicorn. 
And, um, yeah, I just think that that was a great moment for Lizzie McGuire. And for that reason, Lizzie is for sure the MVP of this episode. Although I just thought of a third honorable mention that I could have given, and that was, of course, to Gammy McGuire. <laughs> I really wish she had a bigger part to play. Me I'm really, too. I'm really upset that she doesn't. You're saying, you're telling me she doesn't actually show up ever. No, that's such a bummer because she sounds seems awesome. So cool. sounds she seems so cool. Wow, look at that, Lizzie McGuire coming up from behind to really. I mean, let's pump the brakes. We're two episodes in. <laughs> it's way early to to call anything here. True. Yeah. But look at her. I'm I'm proud of her. It's a great episode. The show is called Lizzie McGuire. I think we expect Lizzie McGuire to kind of come out of this as the MVP, no? One would hope. One would hope. All right, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Is Lizzie your MVP? Let us know. You can tweet us at Outfit Repeat Pod, or you can tweet at us directly at Marissa Cantor and at Sir Sam Chung. And that is all for now. We'll be back with episode 103, When Moms Attack. Are you intrigued? I... I'm intrigued. I'm more distracted by the fact that the episode title has improper grammar. Um, but yeah, you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'm curious what this is all about. It's a good one. Okay. Sounds good. Stay tuned.